Live from the Elder Family Media Room, it's the Elder Family Football Podcast. Here are your hosts, my brother Jonah and Micah, and my dad Corey. What is happening, people? Welcome in. And yes, we are back here live on the Elder Family Football Podcast, Episode 5. My name is Corey. My name is Micah, and I'm Jonah. And you're listening to the hottest new podcast on the internet, the Elder Family Football Podcast. Now, rumors of our demise have been greatly exaggerated because we are back after a long hiatus. I don't think we've recorded in uh, probably better than a month at this point. We had a lot of things going on between football season with the boys and uh, myself coaching and work and all the other things that go on that got us busy and then it kind of fell out of our routine. But we have decided that it's something we want to continue. So we are back and hopefully... Better than ever, as Mike and Mike used to say, right? Oh, yeah. Mike and Mike's old show on uh, uh, on ESPN, a radio show that used to come on back in the day. Now, today is already a good day. As you know, we like to try to record these episodes while we're watching Cowboy games. We intended to do that earlier today, but uh, because of the fact that we live in Houston and the Texans are our local team and they were playing at the same time as the Cowboys, the Cowboys were blacked out here at the house today, but... That didn't matter. We were able to watch a little bit on a stream that we found until it got zapped, and uh, then we saw some highlights, and it looks like the Cowboys ended up coming away today with a 33-10 to 10 win. So all smiles around the Elder House. We are back. I am in the Dak Prescott jersey because, as you have seen from the last several weeks, the Cowboys are once again rolling. They're looking very, very good, and, and as I like to say when they're doing well, when I put the Dak on, it's on because we are – Back in Dak, baby. We are rolling with the Cowboys, and we're back planning to go to the Super Bowl at this point. So we'll talk more in depth about the game today against the Carolina Panthers as we move forward. But we're going to start today's show, as we always do, with our Call, uh, no high school t- Texas high school football update. No, man. No, it's been a while. Oh, we're oh. going to start with the Elder Family Football Update. Elder Family Football Update. Update. Bad. And as, as I alluded to earlier here just shortly, um, our seasons have wrapped up for the year. Micah and my season ended last week. We lost in the playoffs. We had two playoff games. We won the first one. We lost the second one to the eventual Super Bowl champion, EMC Dolphins. And Jonah's season wrapped up the week before that. So let's recap a little bit. Jonah, let's start with you this time since we typically start with Micah and I. Tell us uh, about how your season ended and how you feel heading into the offseason. So, my season ended with a win over... It ended with uh, a win over Hampshire Fournette, but not... Like, we played a great game, but um, we played a great game. We came out 14-0, I believe. Yeah, 14-0 from the jump. And... um, I got to be captain at that game, too, so that was fun. But um, I felt really good about how I played. I made I, uh, um, made a great 25, around 20-ish yard run, broke out of the uh, backfield, and just was like. It was actually further than that. I think it was closer to 40 yards. It was a good little, good little jaunt. Uh, you uh, kind of got caught up in some traffic around the line, were able to weave your way through that, and then get down the field. At one point, you were kind of breaking away from the pack, and I was pretty certain that you were, you were going to score, score, and then uh, that came to a to a screeching halt pretty fast. But uh, it was a really good run, man. It was one of many that you had. Uh, what else happened to you during that game? Uh, you had a really good tackle on a fourth down stop yeah. on the home field sideline. Yeah, line. so um, the kid like, from the other team quarterback like handed off and pulled it. He pulled it and ran around the outside, and he, I just saw him coming. I thought he was going to try to, like, stiff arm me. No, he wanted the hit, and I gave him exactly that, and he went right out of bounds. He wanted the smoke, so you gave him the smoke, right? Yep. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. Well, uh, all in all, I think it was a successful year for you, your first year of junior high football. and uh, I feel good going into the off season. I've already started, like, football off season. And it's fun. We've been weight rooming, like going to the weight room and doing running drills, and um, it's fun. Good, man. Yeah, that, that's really good. And we'll come back. I want to talk a little bit more in a minute with both of you guys after we recap the end of Micah's season. So, Mike, I believe the last time that we recorded, uh, we had just 
finished playing Crosby on the 14th of October. Uh, lost 19-6 to in that game. We went on after that game to lose to the Barrett Station Dragons on the next week in overtime, 19-13, to and then went and played the EMC Dolphins on the road and lost again, 21-6 to to the Dolphins. So we had this run right toward the last quarter of our season where we played the number one, number two, and number three seeds in our in our uh, division back-to-back-to-back, all three games on the road and lost three in a row. Then came back home after that to close the season out against the cut-and-shoot Bulldogs and just about gave that one away too, right? We snuck out with a 13-12 to win there and rolled into the playoffs. Why don't you pick it up at the playoffs oh, and man. tell them about our two playoff games? So the first one... We play Livingston Gray. Green. Green. We play Livingston Green. And then I know, how many did we score? Uh, I don't remember the score, honestly. I think we, <laughs> I, want, I don't remember, 21, 28, something like that. Yeah. Maybe a little bit more. It's like 14, I think. Yeah, so, out of 14. And then um, a kid named Carson had a really good game. Yeah, Carson Henshaw. We've talked about him on here before, but we – Actually, the week bef- the week of practice before the playoffs, we moved him to a different position, made him our primary tailback, and kind of cut him loose. And he had a heck of a game. I want to say he had two touchdowns in that football game. He also had a pick six return for a touchdown during the cut and shoot game the week before, a game where you also came yeah. out, came away with an interception, which was cool. Um, and then you know we came back that Saturday night, next Saturday, and we had to play two games on the first day because we were a, a lower half seed in the bracket and just. Ran out of gas against what was undoubtedly one of the best teams and ended up being the best team in the division, right? Mm-hmm. One thing I was surprised about this season, Crosby ended up losing to Dayton. Yeah, so Crosby and Dayton played. Crosby had lost to Dayton a couple of weeks earlier in the regular season, 6-0. to zero. They played a great football game. On- Literally, uh, um, Dayton scored with like – one second left on the clock. It was... There were actually zero seconds left zero. on the clock. Dayton took a 14-0 to zero lead. One of Crosby's better players had been suspended for the first half because he had two personal fouls in the game before. And uh, Dayton jumped on him quick, 14 to nothing. Well, Crosby took the ball in the second half and scored quickly uh, and then tied the game up later at 14. And there were a couple of stops for both teams back and forth. Dayton had the ball with about... Five seconds left. They snapped it on the Crosby 35-yard line number and three. pitched it to number three, a kid named E.J. Hubert, uh, who's an excellent football player, a kid in the black helmet. That's what I always tell people. Watch out for the one that has the black helmet on. And, and he ran a sweep to the left, and Crosby had it, had it contained very, very well on the left side, and he cut back. And the minute that he cut back across field, it was clear as day he was going to score. I, told, I was standing on the fence line next to Cliff Mudd, and I told him, I said, this guy – this guy's fixing to score, and he did. He ran the whole way, scored with no time left on the clock to put Dayton in the Super Bowl game against uh, those EMC Dolphins that we talked about. And then yesterday, the Super Bowls were played in Livingston, and uh, EMC came away with the win. I'm not real sure what the score was on that game, but nonetheless, that is back-to-back Super Bowls for EMC teams coached by Eddie Caceres. Excellent teams, excellent players, very well coached. Congratulations to them. All in all, though, Mike – what do you mean? Like one year, like this year he was the Dolphins. Last well, year he was that's the what he was. No, he's always, he, he's always the Steelers. But I heard this year that he let his grandson choose the team they wanted to be. So that's how he ended up being the Dolphins. But uh, but either way, he's always got good teams. Always has well coached teams, and and they played good football and they won another one. So great season! Congratulations to everyone in the ETYFL. Just getting through the schedule to East play in Texas. the league, East Texas Youth Football League. Just getting through the schedule and the amount, the amount of hours that it takes to put in um, is quite the quite the accomplishment in and of itself. So uh, congratulations to everyone. For our team, I want to talk about a couple of guys that, that I was really impressed with this year. We've got the old faithfuls that we talk about all the time, the, the Hoovers and the Marcots and Jace, George, and guys like that. But there were a few guys, a couple of guys that I wanted to highlight. We talked about one of them already in Carson Henshaw, a kid that – Showed up, had never played any football before. Uh, that had um, we had him in some other situations, some other spots early in the year. And as his football IQ grew, it became evident that we were going to be able to use him in a more dynamic way as the season went on because he's just an all around good athlete. And he ended up proving that in the playoff game against Livingston Green. He actually left that game, drove to Beaumont, played a baseball game, 
the uh, first pitch was at two o'clock. His dad told me he pitched seventy pitches, uh, one thirteen to one, and then turned around, drove all the way back to Huffman, and played again with us that night against the Dolphins. So uh, excellent job. And the other one, one of you guys have already mentioned him, Chance Hilton. Man, is a guy that uh, by far, by a mile, the most improved player. The guy went from a kid that I wasn't sure if he was going to make it on day one because he was clearly miserable. He it was hot. He was trying to you know, deal with everything that comes from your first contact football practice and figure out what's going on. And by the end of the season, it was an impact player for us. So it's guys like that that make make it play? fun. He played defensive end and he played on the offensive line. But it's guys like that that when the season's over and you look back and all the wins and losses are kind of in the rear view and you get over that, um, those are the guys that that, that, were, that are memorable, you know, because you saw them, saw them start at nothing and end up by the time it was over with having it figured out and being a contributor to the team, right? What about you, Mike? Give me some of your thoughts on the year. What do you think? Uh, yeah? It's a good year. You don't have any, anything other than that to say? <laughs> Nothing I can think of. Nothing you, you can think of. You, I mean, he threw, like, I how many it. touchdown passes? Like, One. No, not the whole year. He had two or three, I think, on the year, long term. I mean, the reality is you played a position in, in the quarterback position that you had never uh, played before with the exception of a couple of games two years ago. And I thought you developed well as the year went on. I mean, there's still – Quite a ways to go, I think. Uh, quite a ways to continue to grow for you, not just in, in that, but in the game of football in general. So, what? No, what are we laughing at? This guy just flopped. In the game. We're watching the, the Bills and the Jets player. Jets player, player. There's, some, there's a Bills player doing some some uh, Willy Foo Foo stuff on the field right oh, now. No. He pulled the Jets, watch, the Jets watch, player. Watch, watch, watch. Like the Jets player? Um, like, 73 um, pulls. He cleans the end out. Okay. After the play. After the play. After the play. After the play, he like pushes him, pushes him, and he watch, watch, pushes him. Okay. Yes. Watch, watch, watch. Belly flops on. Okay. All right. Cool. Pushes him, and then watch, 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 watch. Hey guys, this is this isn't compelling podcast stuff here because they can't see what we're doing. It's just it's just funny. Let's get back to the conversation. Let's wrap up the segment on the elder family football update by asking you guys a couple of questions. I want to start with. With Micah, Micah, you answer, and then Jonah answer, and then I got one more question for you after that. First question: Tell me some, a couple of things, one or two things this year, Micah, for us with the Black Falcons that you thought went well. <laughs> things you thought were good this year, Micah. Uh, definitely. When, when we played good, we played really good. Yeah. And then a couple times we had some really. So a couple of times we had some like really big defensive plays. Mm-hmm. I think those were two good things. Yeah. Okay, Jonah. What about you? Give me a couple of things from your season that you thought went well this year. Um, being a first time running back, like it was my first time ever playing any type of running the ball, touching the ball. The only time I really touched the ball in little league was if I forced a fumble and recovered my own fumble. <laughs> But I think it was I played a great like being a first like basically a rookie running back as a for the middle school, which is a hard thing to do. I think I did good with that and then I think I was just like a good teammate. I was confident, never really like never backed down to anything. I was always like if my teammate scored, I was hyped. It's just like I was a good teammate and I was like never like really quit with like when I was trying. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point, man. That's just something that's kind of buried into your character, I think, not just related to football, but in general in life. Uh, guys, y'all got to quit pushing the table. Okay. You're, you're making the microphone go crazy quick. That, but as I was saying, something that's just kind of buried into your character there um, is that you are a you're a tough nosed guy, right? You play hard, you work hard. Uh, one thing we talked a while ago about the long run, 30-whatever-plus-yard run you had against Hampshire Finette, and on that play you got the breath knocked out of you when you were tackled. Yeah. And I told your mom one thing I noticed. You uh, got off the field. You were kind of injured. The you're the, the guy that also plays running back for your team, I believe his name is Pete. Pete. Pete went in there after you and took the very next carry and scored, and uh, you were the first one out to meet him on the sidelines to celebrate, which I thought says a lot about your character as a teammate. You know, you weren't, you weren't upset that – you know, your breath got knocked out and you didn't get that touchdown after you had done the work, kind of toting the ball down the field. You were right there to celebrate with your teams. I really, that's one thing I, that I like about you, man. I, I mean, consider myself, 
I consider myself a tank. I they put me out. On, they put me out on that field to gain yards, and then if we're close and they need like a fast touchdown, they'll put me in there. Yeah, the but tank, I need to be both. Yeah, the tank needs some stronger ankles, though, man. You rolled about nine ankles this year, I think, at some uh, point in the game. No, so. I feel like it was more than nine. We're gonna have to fix the fix the ankles. But okay, one other thing, one more follow up question. I told you guys I had two. The second question. Now that we've talked about what you think went well, what are some things that you're focusing on right now? that you think you can improve on before the next time you guys enter oh, into a NCAA, football season? NCAA. Go for it. Um, getting faster. Okay. Same here. And getting stronger. But that's, that's one thing. Faster okay. and stronger. And More. then uh, better throwing. Better throwing, yeah. Yeah, one other thing I want to add to your list, and I know you know this already, and uh, we'll talk about it on here, but we also one thing that, that you have to figure out how to, how to balance is becoming a more confident player, too. Right, yeah. like not uh, being able to have the confidence to go in, and make a mistake, and then get over it and move on to the next play, right? Without letting it linger. So, and that'll come with age, I think. I think mm-hmm. the, the reason the struggles you've had with that right now are typically, uh, to me, really indicative of just your age and kind of where you are in the game. But I think those things will come as we move on. But that is one thing I want you to stay focused on this off season, moving into the next time we play. Okay. And Jonah, what about you? One thing you're going to focus on this off season that you think is going to make you a better player going into the next time you play? So, when I have open field, turning the Jets on and going. And uh, when, like, when I have open field, I, like, turn the Jets on and I go. That's something I don't have. Like, I stay at one speed the whole time, but, like, I need to, I think I like, need to work on, like, if, like, when I get into that open area, I just need to go. Yeah, just have that little extra boost. That I'm good at finding the little cracks and yep. the gaps in the defense and then hitting them. And then from there, I need to turn the Jets on and just go. Yeah, we're going to get cranked up on working that next week, right? Like, where are we, where are we going to go do that? Uh, Shout out Evolution Speed and Fitness, man. James Shepard, John Navarro. Shout out to those guys. Uh, this is where these things, these physical things these guys talk about that they need to work on, that's where they're going to put the work in at. If you've got to a young player or even a high school age player that needs needs some some work in that regard. I mean I would I could not recommend anyone more highly than than James and John and the work they're doing at Evolution. So we'll be back there in the short term and also, hopefully getting these boys also, situated. I'm hyped because my mom just got a new car. Y'all don't need to know about that. But we're gonna clean the garage out and then we're gonna start building me a weight room in our garage and it's gonna be Perfect for me to just start working out and all that stuff. Yeah, so there's been a been a work order put in at home to put a weight room in the garage. So that'll be a Christmas holiday project for our family. So, all right, guys, anything else you want to talk about for, for elder family football? Are we ready to move on? Uh, no. Great years, both of us. Oh, oh uh, Both of us had a really great year. I'm proud of both of us. And let's go do it again next year. Let's go do it again next year. That's right. So moving on, we'll move into our next segment, which everyone knows is FFP High School Football Update. The Texas Football. The Texas. The Elder Family High School Update. Elder Family Football Podcast, Texas High School Football Update. That's there right. There we go. Um, I'll have to clean that up when we go back and edit here after a while. But, uh, but yeah, we're going to roll right into that. And let's start where we always start, with our hometown Huffman Falcons. Things uh, did not get any better from the last time we talked about the Falcons. I believe the last episode we recorded, they had just gotten their first win of the season over Splendora. And uh, since that time, they finished out the year with, I believe, three losses directly after that to Vider, LCM, and Lumberton. Was it the Vider like really uh, Lumberton was the really good team, but all three of those teams. Little uh, Cypress Marisco. Yeah, LCM. They all put it on us going out toward the end of the year. And I know we talked a lot about this young Falcons team and, and what they needed to do to try to turn the corner. One bright spot for the Falcons, as we mentioned over and over again, was the emergence of Nolan Cook at the quarterback position. Let the Nolan sophomore um, had a great <laughs> district season. Uh, even, even with the losses, man, he showed flashes that he's – the right guy to lead us into the future. He's got two years left, a junior and senior year, 
and he ended up actually rounding out the year being named the, the uh, newcomer offensive newcomer of the year for the district. So uh, the young man got in there and did what he had to do. He wasn't perfect. He looked like a young quarterback at times, but there was enough there for that at least the other coaches in the district recognized that he was an impact player and, and the most impactful newcomer of the year, even though he wasn't new to the varsity. Huffman had several other uh, postseason awards that were handed out. Will Schwartz, big tight end, defensive end, um, all-around athlete, big-time guy, uh, came away with a first-team all-district nod from the tight end position. Uh, he's a junior. He's another one that will be back next year on this Falcon squad, uh, ready to rock and roll. And then there were several, a couple of guys coming in as a second-team all-district pick, Francisco Calzada, the kicker. Uh, and Braden Gansky, offensive lineman, all, both fell in with a second-team all-district nod. Huh? Sawyer. Dude, relax. I'm getting there, bro. Dang. Uh, sophomore on deck, Jake Tennon, defensive end, second-team all-district pick. So that's another one that we've got two years left with here. Uh, another guy, John Dolan, outside linebacker, was a second-team all-district pick. And then Trayson Martin was a second-team all-district wide receiver. Bryce Nixon, second-team all-district wide receiver. And then going down to who were you talking about earlier? Sawyer Jameson. Yeah, Sawyer Jameson, running back. He was an honorable mention all district pick at the running back position, I believe. I could be wrong on this. He may be a junior. I'm thinking he's also a part of that sophomore group, too, if I'm not mistaken. So lots coming back in Huffman, a lot of uh, intrigue moving into next season. The hope for the Falcons is that uh, they can really get some traction. These are these losses that these guys have lived through early in their varsity career. I hope that that game experience ends up translating into wins going into the future seasons. Because from here on out, there's really no more excuses. The idea of being a young team is over with. Uh, now that they're moving into their junior year, junior or senior year, uh, those guys are supposed to be on varsity at this time. So there's no longer – we can't sit around and say anymore, hey, we're, we're stacking up some losses and things aren't going great, but shoot, we're a young team, wait for the future. The future starts next fall. In Huffman, so the hope is that that everything's going to get put together the way that it needs to, and we're going to be able to move forward and and pull out some wins. And and I would, you know, just kind of get on, a, just to kind of get on a soapbox for a little bit about this. I mean, I think in the state of Texas, I mean, Huffman in general, athletically, has had a lot of success in a lot of different sports. We've had volleyball team in the state tournament recently. Yep. We've had a basketball team in the state tournament recently. We've won state titles in softball recently. We've been deep in the baseball playoffs recently. Soccer's won playoff games recently. It wasn't that long ago that, that the football team was district champion and, and had a have a playoff win under their belt also. But the reality is in the state of Texas, the straw that stirs the drink when it comes to high school sports is is football. The success in football tends to lead to success in everything else. So um, I say that as an encouragement to anybody that, that is a player on the team or has a player on the team, if you're a parent, like the reality is that the foundation is laid, the talent is here, the opportunity is here to win. We just have got to get it all put together and get it on the field and and uh, start to get some get some culture built here, a culture of, of winning when it comes to, to playing football. And um, that's just the kind of thing that really galvanizes the community. I mean, I know we recently had a, a bond election in November, the bond passed. Uh, so we've got some really exciting things coming uh, to the district, new buildings, new facilities, uh, some really exciting stuff coming. And, and we don't have to talk about that for a couple of years now because that's taken care of. So now we can turn our attention back to where we need to focus it, which is on the day-to-day, the, -day, the academics and the pride and, and what it means to be a Falcon. And hopefully we can see some of that come and shine through on the football field next fall. I, I believe that we can. I think we've got the right pieces in place. Right, guys? Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Yeah? Nothing to add to that? No. Neither of you? All right, well, let's move on to the area around uh, the Texas high school football playoffs. Man, there were some really, really good games uh, that took place this weekend around the state, and we saw some local teams. Yeah, we're fixing to get through through a lot of them, man, here reading some scores. But some local teams bowed out this week, too. They played their last game. Uh, one of those is Lumberton, the, the district champion of this district that Huffman is in. Uh, Lumberton played Needville on Thursday night and came away with a 52-28 to loss ending their season. The Newton Eagles also played on Thursday, but they continued to roll with a 69-7 win over New Boston. Uh, Friday night, Humble Summer Creek. So Summer Creek High School played Clear Creek and came away with a 42-0 win, so Summer Creek is still playing football. Uh, C.E. King, 27, Clear Falls, 20. So the King Panthers continue on 
As expected, Atascacita also continues on with a 61 to 35 win over Pearland. They are good. They, they're a very good football team. How do people score this much? Well, I just, I mean, you're still in a scenario early in the playoffs where you're going to get some lopsided matchups, and then you're going to have teams like Atascacita that are just really good. They rolled up on Pearland. Next one is the same way Galena Park, North Shore, who won the district that has both King and Atascacita and. Summer Creek in it. They played Clear Springs and came away with a 42-21 to 21 win. Uh, Barbers Hill, man, the Eagles, we can, we will. We'll be up 34 tonight at halftime and then we'll lose. Lost to the North Richland Hills, Richland High School. Uh, Barbers Hill came away with a 48-47 to 47 loss after being up 34-9 to nine at half. Uh, so a devastating loss over in Eagle Country. But the reality is, They've got that thing going the right direction. Carl Absek has been there. I believe this was his third season. Um, he's building building something there that's going to be special in the near term. I believe they return a ton, including their quarterback, to that team uh, that had this this run this year. So hopefully they'll be able to put it together. Who's their quarterback return? He's a junior. Like how they return? Return back to the team, right? Um, Coming to the team again. Another team that we are going to try to go see this weekend. Uh, the Port Natchez Groves Indians, man, one of the most exciting and electric atmospheres in all of high school football. They won again this past week over Leander Rouse, 51-14. to PNG is number three in the state in 5A Division II, and they will play number one in the state, Montgomery Lake Creek, at Sheldon High School, C.E. King. We're going to try next Friday. Jordan is going to be down. The boys, everybody will be here for Thanksgiving. At 4 p.m., a 4 p.m. kickoff at Sheldon. Texas at C.E. King High School Stadium off of the Beltway over just, just past Summerwood over in that area. Uh, Port Natchez Groves versus Lake Creek on Fridays. If you don't have plans Friday afternoon, try to be over there at 4 p.m. if you're a Texas high school football fan because it may not get any better than that um, within driving distance for us here in the near term. So one of Huffman's scheduled opponents for this year, uh, Silsby, continues to win with a win over Gatesville. 35 to 10. Hampshire Finette bows out to Cuero. They lose 44 to 33. And Jasper, the Bulldogs, continue to roll 50 to 7. Win over Waco Connolly. Jasper is an unranked team in 4A Division II. And uh, they just continue to put together impressive wins and, and they're continuing to move forward. Let's see who else we want to talk about. Columbus, another team Huffman had on their schedule this year. They beat Woodville 21 to 7. Actually, that Looks like a halftime score on here, but they did end up winning that game. I just don't have the final with me right now. Um, I'd give you a whole day Zeta update, but uh, they lost last week in the first round to Tenahaw. Seventy, I think it was they, they lost by a lot. What about seventy? What about Mom's Lamar Cardinals? That's college football. Uh, that's college. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll get I to that shortly. More scores from around the state outside of our area, or kind of close to our area, actually. One that I do want to highlight: the Katy Tigers. Lost to Cy Fair, 28-21. Katie is out in the second round of the playoffs for the first time since 1991. Think about what I just said. I was nine years old in 1991, and that is the last time that the Katie Tigers lost in the second round of the playoffs. So that was 32 years ago. Long time ago, brother. Long time ago. Let's see. DeSoto rolls on 42-20 over Wiley East. Micah's Donut Store team, Duncanville, beat Rockwall Heath 62-24. to 24. I kind of want them to win the national championship. Well, you'll, uh, trust me, you'll get a chance to see them when we get up to Arlington in a few yeah. weeks. There's no, there's literally no doubt about that. Um, I want to see if I guess the team that beat them in the national championship. You mean in the state championship when they, you're talking about against uh, uh, North Shore? So they beat North Shore last year. North Shore beat them, I think, th- the three before that. But there's a really good chance. Like this DeSoto, well, they won. So DeSoto's in their district. DeSoto beat them in district play, but they went Division One and Division Two. So Duncanville was a larger school. They went Division One. DeSoto is going to go Division Two. More than likely, they're both going to be playing for a state title there in the same district. It's pretty crazy. Um, I'm trying to see if there's any other scores that anybody would care about. Longview keeps rolling, 52-14 over Reedy. Magnolia West loses to Smithson Valley, 20-17. to uh, Liberty Hill. The Fighting Wing Tees, man, the most beautiful offense in all of football. 62 points on the board out of the Wing Tee, boys. That's how you do it, man. And they've got a, and they beat Mission Sherryland 62-35. to 
Marshall you can tell that down. 35 is when um they put their backups in. <laughs> is, that what, is that what you think happened? 100%. It's highly likely. Tyler Chapel Hill, uh, old Crosby coach Jeffrey Orton is up there. They won 52-18 to 18 over El Campo. Uh, oh, that final score, Woodville and Columbus, is 24-7. Um, uh, I'm trying to see if there's anything else on here that anyone would care about. Probably not at this point. So that that's pretty much it for Texas high school football. It's it gets really fun. I mean the old the old saying in the state of Texas is that there's no turkeys left after Thanksgiving. Well, next week is Thanksgiving. So any game that's coming up this next week, if the rumors are true, then uh, there should be no turkeys left playing football after Thursday. Is so a team that there no, it, what it means is there's no crappy teams left after Thanksgiving. Oh. Like everybody that's supposed to be there is there, and everybody that's not is gone by the time you get to that point. So that's why you're getting, like we said, uh, Port Nages and Lake Creek, the number one versus number three. You're getting those types of matchups because it's it's real time. And then in about four weeks from now, we will be in Arlington at the Texas High School Football State Championship Games. Dad. Yes. Remember, me and Peyton were there, and he called you on your watch. Right as halftime hit, and we were with what's team who to play Dunkerville. Who called? Uh, North Shore. We were with we were gonna um be North Shore, but then the last second we switched to Dunkerville. I mean the final second. Yeah. So we play a um a pick'em game when we're all up there together. Me and Pants. Yeah, and you get you get a certain number of switches where you can choose a team at the beginning of the game, and then you can. Utilize your switch before halftime if you want to. And what Mike is saying is, we were all on North Shore, and then Peyton utilized his switch right before half. Me and Both of you guys did, and ended up winning that that game because they they utilized that switch. So this will be the first year we've been playing. I think last year was the tenth year that we've been gone, so this will be the eleventh year that we've gone to those ball games. So we've been doing this since these boys were were young, and, and frankly, before Mike and Peyton were even born. And we've always talked about the day that we can get up there to the games and have all four of them with us. And this will be the first year that we get the opportunity to do that. So myself, Jordan, my dad, or our dad, I guess. And then and then Jonah, Jonah, Micah, Peyton, and Titus will all be with us this year. We're gonna we plan to record an episode of the Elder Family Football Podcast with the cousins and the brother and the grandpa and everything live from the hotel. At the uh, championship game. So that ought to be a lot if of fun. Stay tuned for that in the future if you want. Yeah? If, if the internet. Oh. Um, the internet's good, man. Don't me worry. and Payne, there was a blow-up mattresses. So one thing I remember so well, bro. We were playing, like, football. And, like, um, Payne and me, we were having a tackle each other. And, he, and you'd have to, like, throw the ball and catch it. And then if you got tackled, you lost. Yeah. And I still remember for somehow... I did this on the engine. I mean, put my head on his head and caught the ball. Yep. A lot of fun uh, goes on up there, so I'm looking forward to doing that with you guys this year. So, All right, guys, anything else on high school football before we move on? Nope. Okay, so now guess what time it is. The Elder Family Football Podcast College. College Football Update. College Football Update. That's right. So we're going to start where we were starting last time we talked. And uh, our last time we recorded, we were talking a lot about Colorado, right, and how impressed we were with Colorado and, and Shadur Sanders, and they had come back and, and uh, beaten Colorado State, but then the very next week they took it on the chin from Oregon. That's the last time we recorded and we talked about that. Well, since that time, Michael, what has Colorado continued to do over and over again? Lose. Lose, man. Those dudes have done nothing but fall off a cliff over in Boulder. And they've rolled now into a four and seven season. They're one and seven in the Pac-12, and all of this is culminating. What is that? No clue. Sorry about that. Uh, ESPN decided to play a video on me, so we'll <laughs> we'll cut that out of the recording when it becomes time to. Uh, what was that? To post this, but, but yeah. I was. At least it was a good. At least it was a good song, right? At least it was a good song. All right. So, like we said, Colorado continues to fall, man. Four and seven overall. One and seven in the Pac-12. Uh, they were down forty-two to seven at halftime this week 
to the Washington State Cougars. No way. To Washington State. Just an absolute beatdown. Shadur Sanders ends up going out of this game. I believe he was injured at some point. Their offensive line play is atrocious. They're awful. They're awful up front. I think we um, – they're they've fallen on hard times. And the reality is, I, I think I said this last time, they brought a lot of this on themselves. The, the, things, the thing that made them interesting, the thing that made the Buffaloes interesting, which was their bravado and their big talk and, and all the things that, that Deion Sanders brings with him with the flashiness and whatnot, that's also the thing that makes it so fun uh, for people to watch them get their teeth bashed in. So the reality is if you're going to be cocky, you got to be able to take it on the back end. They seem to be uh, at least holding their heads high while they're getting beat down. Dion looks lost. Uh, probably the most comical thing I've seen lately is since the firing of Jimbo Fisher is this continual talk of Deion Sanders, uh, the coach at A&M. Deion Sanders is a potential candidate at A&M, which I find laughable because I feel like um, if A&M hired Deion Sanders after what we've seen in Colorado this year and the, uh, the disintegrating Pac-12, I feel like that would be a terrible error and then they won't do that. I would be shocked if that were to happen, but uh Dion needs to sit down right where he's at. He needs to fix the problems at Colorado, and he needs to figure out how to move forward. Otherwise, and if that does happen, I'm gonna be kind of mad. What? If, if he goes, A&M. he's not going to A&M. He's got to fix the mess that that's been made right there at Colorado. Now the reality is, we're sitting there calling it a mess. This is a one win one win team from last year that now has four wins. So there is some level of improvement. Unfortunately, the expectations went through the roof after the early parts of the season, and. Uh, uh, Joan, I don't know if you're doing any good, man. If we don't have that stand, they're not going to be able to see it. But um, After the early part of the season, the expectations were so high that now the rest of it has felt like a letdown. So, mm-hmm. Moving on through the top 25, Georgia uh, with a convincing win over Tennessee, 30-10. to 10. Ohio State continues to win. Michigan, tight win over Maryland, 31-24 to 24, while their coach is out. And they both have M's. Yeah, they both have M's. It's a very similar logo, right? Uh, Coach is out, suspended, Jim Harbaugh. Uh, so hopefully, I don't know that we'll see him back next week. He's suspended? Yeah, he's suspended. He's had a – there's some controversy with a coach that they had that was going to games and, and buying tickets and stealing signs from the opposing team and all this other stuff. I don't know what to make of that. Uh, we don't really know what the answer is. All I know is that it's gotten Jim Harbaugh preemptively suspended by the Big Ten. I think they're hoping to – avoid any further NCAA punishments. But what that's going to mean is more than likely next week when they take on Ohio State in one of the biggest games of the year every year, they're not going to have their coach. So that, that'll be very, very interesting to watch next week. I feel like the coach makes, like, a tiny bit of difference. But if they had, like, one of the best players suspended, I feel like that'd be is that worse. I don't know, man. I think coach, at the, especially at the college level, makes, yeah. a, makes a massive difference just because, of you know, Obviously, he can still be involved in the game planning. He can still be involved in the week during practice. He even traveled with the team this week, just wasn't able to be at the stadium with them. So he's got some sort of uh, involvement still with the team. The problem is the continuity. Could he, like, play. help them, like, help the um, kids sit and watch it somewhere? I'm sure he sat at the hotel and watched it. Um, yeah. You know? Doesn't he, like, hold food? I don't know. I don't think so. I think that's part of the suspension. Jonah, your Texas Longhorns yeah. came away with a win Sunday, 26-16 and I, over Iowa State, played on the road in Ames, which has not been the friendliest place for Texas to play over the years, and they were able to get over that hump and get a win. Um, Alabama continues to roll 66-14, um, but they played something called Chattanooga, so I don't know what that means uh, for Alabama, but it was a win nonetheless. How is that a D1 team? Oh, it may not be. Kansas and Kansas State play. Kansas State comes away with a 31-27 to win in that rivalry game. And then Houston went down and lost to Oklahoma State. Now, I touched on it earlier, but let's move to the SEC and talk about the Aggies as we continue to press through um, college football teams in the state of Texas. They did win this weekend 38-10, to but they're doing it without Jimbo Fisher. As we talked about earlier, the Aggies have fired and subsequently – plan to pay Jimbo Fisher $70 million not to coach for the next several years, and now they have to go out and hire their next coach. They interviewed the right guy already. Reports came out last week that they had interviewed Jeff Trailer from the University of Texas at San Antonio. Jeff Trailer's the guy. Jeff, Tra- Jeff Trailer is an old Texas high school football coach. He coached at Gilmer back in the day from a recruiting perspective. It doesn't get any better in the state 
than Jeff Trailer, probably the only one that rivals him as far as having the right connections with Texas high school football coaches is Joey McGuire at Texas Tech. But Jeff Trailer's the perfect guy. You can bring him in. You can put him in charge of your program. He's going to help you recruit the state of Texas. He's a good football coach. Just look at what he's done at UTSA. And mo- most importantly, he's not a massive name, so he's not going to cost you another $100 million while you continue to pay Jimbo Fisher. So if they do anything other than Jeff Trailer and that person's name is not Urban Meyer, write it down. Corey Elder says it's the wrong hire. It's either Jeff Trailer or Urban Meyer and Eileen Trailer. I don't regard. know what we're talking about right now. I'm just letting Dad yap his yapper. I'm yapping my yapper. I'm giving you some knowledge here, dude. I'm, I'm passing down some I knowledge. just care about the players. I don't really care about the coaches. Uh, Urban Meyer New looks Mexico like he's... New Mexico State? Urban Meyer looks like he may be going to uh, to uh, uh, Michigan State. So, um, in that case, Trailer's the guy. I did read a rumor today about Brian Kelly from LSU. That would be a mistake if they went that route. And, yes, Mike, as you have keenly keyed on here, New Mexico State rolls into Auburn. It beats them like they stole something, 31-10. to 10. New Mexico State was a 25-point underdog. 25-point underdog. I never underdog knew that was a team. And came away with a 21-point win. So that is one heck of a swing right there. Uh, gamblers missed that one bad. Um, hopefully people took the points and maybe even the money line on that and cashed the ticket and went to the house, had a good day. All right, let's see. What else do we need to look at in college football? Let's check out the rest of the state of Texas. We'll flip right over here to the Big 12. A&M, uh, Texas um, Tech. Houston lost to Oklahoma State 43-30. to Baylor lost to TCU 42-17. to And as always, for Uncle Jordan and the other elders, the Round Rock elders, your vaunted Texas Tech Red Raiders came away with an amazing 24-23 to win over the University of Central Florida at 5-16, and 16, who is 2-6 in the Big 12, almost pulled off a win over Texas Tech. So but, hey, Texas Tech is now bowl eligible, so we'll see them in the Houston Bowl probably. See, I don't know much about their team. There's a Houston Bowl? All mm-hmm. I know is that uh, Uncle Jordan and our cousins love that team. So, And we want them to win too, man. We. Uh, That's the only reason I want them to do good. We root for them. I'm a – I'm a big fan of Joey McGuire, you know, so. Is that the Spider-Man actor? <laughs> no, that's Toby McGuire, his yeah. younger brother. Uh, I don't know if it's his brother or not, but Joey's, uh, Joey McGuire is the head coach at Texas Tech, Texas high school football guy, so. All right, that's really all I have to say about college. Yeah, Going into to ne- Yeah, I told you already. They, they beat, oh, yeah. They beat the, uh, Abilene Christian. Um, next week is rivalry week, one of the best weeks in, in college football every season, so we'll get, we'll get Michigan – or we'll get Michigan, Ohio State. We'll get Florida, Florida State. We'll get Alabama, Auburn. We'll get LSU and Texas A&M, I think, which is a game they've tried to make us believe is a rivalry, but, eh, you know, not really at this point. Well, so. that's big for me because there is a huge conflict over, like, this one kid at my school and then everybody else is, like, Aggies fans. And he's like, the LSU Tigers are going to whoop the Aggies. And I was like, the Aggies, I don't know. I don't know. It's gonna be an interesting game. To watch. Yeah, we'll be we'll be watching it. We don't have anything else to do next Saturday other than lay around and watch football, so we'll be doing that. So no school. All right, one last segment before we call it a, a day. And episode five is closed. We're moving on to our elder family football NFL update. That's right. And NFL update. We're gonna start where we should always start. Your number one Cowboys. seed, Super Bowl favorite, Dallas Cowboys, back in Dak, baby. Beat the Carolina Panthers 33-10 to pretty handily. Um, there's no real stats that jump off the page here at I me. Mean, Dak was 25-38 of 38 for 189. Uh, two touchdowns, no interceptions, averaged five yards no of throw. QBR of 82.9. I mean, just a solid performance, not an excellent performance, but a solid you always know that things are going well when Cooper Rush gets some play. He was two for three for 15 yards, so bring it on. Keep getting Cooper some reps. Looks like we distributed the ball pretty well from a running perspective. Tony Pollard had 12 carries. Rico Dowdle had eight. Uh, neither one of them broke 100 yards. I mean, Pollard was at 61. Dowdle was at 23, but nonetheless, it was a, uh, a shared performance there. Receiving, uh, CeeDee Lamb led the team with six receptions for 38 yards. Followed behind by Brandon Cooks, who had three receptions for 42 yards. And then my man, the guy that we keep an eye on um, all the time, Brandon Aubrey, the uh, 27 or 28-year-old 
rookie kicker who has been perfect since missing an extra point um, at the beginning of the season. He was two for two on field goals, long of 30. And it looks like he missed an extra point today. He was three for four on extra points. So I mean, he's um, fine. Yeah, nonetheless, he's fine. We did good. He's not worse than our last kicker. <laughs> if Mar was just, I mean, he was a good kicker. Just he got the yips. He got the yips, man. And once you get the yips when you're a kicker, what happens? You miss. You miss, and you can't stop. Just like being a golfer, man. You he's get the yips, kicker. you're in trouble. Just, another another great game by the Cowboys defense today with a defensive touchdown. Deron Bland uh, came away with with the touchdown off of an interception. Did a great job with that. Looks like Demarcus Lawrence played a pretty good game. Um, Micah Parsons had six tackles, two solos, <laughs> two and a half sacks for Parsons. That was two crazy. And a half. That's a good day. Good day for Micah Parsons. You, so no, that's a normal day for me. How do you get two and a half? Sacks. Sack it with someone else? Yeah, you, you get a half sack. Did you get a quarter of a sack? Uh, no. If you sack it with four people? I mean, I guess technically you could, but they don't. I don't think they normally uh, record them like that. But. Like half, half, and half? Yeah. Long story short, Cowboys are rolling. The schedule's favorable. We're moving forward. And on Thursday of this week, Washington, Washington gets to come to Dallas for the annual Turkey Bowl at the Cowboys, at Cowboys Stadium at AT&T Stadium. In Why aren't we playing booth. Detroit? They just they quit that a couple years ago. Detroit's playing Green Bay. But uh, here's what I want to say. We're going to sit down on Thanksgiving, on Thursday, during the Cowboys game and record a special episode of the FFP, a special Thanksgiving episode to make up for all the weeks that we've missed. So if you've, if you've been missing uh, the podcast, you've been missing the boys here in action, uh, week in and week out, get ready because you'll have this episode followed up very closely by another one. Uh, shortly after the Cowboys little, game on little, Thanksgiving Day. A little sneak peek of that episode. We'll be talking about the Thanksgiving Day Parade. And if you don't know about our little puppy Maverick, and there's the Puppy Bowl on Thanksgiving, we're going to get the like, results on the Puppy Bowl, and then we're going to see how good our dog would uh, would be at that and how his results would be at the Puppy Bowl. Like, we would measure how high Jonah's bed is because that's how high he can jump. And then... <laughs> We'd like put that against how high the other dogs at the bottom of the air blast. Yeah, we're gonna watch the puppy bowl, then we're gonna talk about how we think Maverick would match up against the other puppies in but, that, that but transition. Just, just so, tune in; it's gonna be a good episode. It's gonna be excellent. Running through some more NFL scores from this Sunday: the Bills beat the Jets. We just watched that here. Uh, won that game thirty-two to six. Browns over the Steelers thirteen to ten. Detroit Lions, man, they continue to do great things under former Cowboy Dan Campbell. Uh, moved to. Six and two on the season with a thirty-one to twenty-six win over the Bears. Packers inched out the Chargers twenty-three to twenty. Dolphins over the Raiders twenty to thirteen. Giants over those same Washington Commanders that we'll see on Thanksgiving. They beat them thirty-one to nineteen. Jaguars beat the Titans thirty-four to fourteen. Texans beat the Cardinals twenty-one to sixteen. Three straight wins for the Texans. Let's just keep hope. Let's keep. Let's hope. Keep hoping they can keep winning and just having a great year. I don't know if I hope they can keep winning. I'm well, not sure I about mean, that. I wish them a good luck. Dallas is seven and three. The Texans are six and four. This C.J. Stroud guy looks like he might actually be the real deal. He had 328 yards today, two touchdowns. He did I mean, have. He's doing better than the first round pick. Well, he did have three. Yeah, better than yeah. Uh, he did have three interceptions, so he's going to have to clean that up a little bit. They're going to keep winning games, and uh, we're going to have to, you know, start tamping down the excitement in the city of Houston. If at any point in time the Texans want to take a little ride at 545 North and uh, meet us at AT&T Stadium, we'll be happy to whip their behinds. But until then, uh, no matter how many games they win, we'll still consider Do we play them. them all season? No, what? we don't. But we'll still consider I don't I have no idea what that is, but. We'll still consider them to be uh, the little brother in the state of Texas. Well, hey, Grace, yeah. you made it. I mean, they've only been here since 2000, so. Well, 2002, uh, but, yeah, hadn't been here very long. So, and then Thursday night, the Ravens beat the Bengals 34-20. to Joe Burrow got hurt. He's out for uh, who knows how long. And then later on tonight, we'll be sitting around enjoying the Eagles versus the Chiefs. So The Super Bowl rematch. Super Bowl rematch. It's going to be a big game. All right, so uh, nothing really more to add on NFL unless you guys do. We got a special guest that just showed up to the show here, Grace Caroline. 
made it in today. Grace, as the boys finished up their their football season, Grace also finished up her season in cheer. Grace, is there anything you want to tell us about that you enjoyed about your cheer season this year? No. You don't know. What did you think was fun? Doing the flips, talk to the microphone so they can hear you. <laughs> Doing the flips, tell yeah. them what you did the other day at Annie and Charlie's birthday party. Um, I did my back handspring by myself. All by herself, she nailed a back handspring. My girl's getting really, really good. I can do that. Grace, yeah, we can do that easy. Oh, gosh. Here we go, man. Don't listen to them. Grace had a great year this year. She had a lot of really, really good friends on her cheer squad. Uh, so we had, they had a lot of fun. They've still got one performance left at closing ceremonies on the 30th, so uh, our, stu our studio's falling apart, but uh, yeah, they've still got one more performance left on November 30th at closing ceremonies, so she's still working toward that, but great, great job this year by you, Grace, uh, with your cheer, so I, I appreciate you uh, doing the things you did this year, and I hope you keep working to get better as we move forward, right? So, fellas, if there's nothing else to add, we're about ready to call it a day. Y'all got anything you want to say before we close out? Um, I'm trying to think of <laughs> Has, Is it good to be back after several weeks off? Yes. Yeah? Don't forget, we have the uh, messaging voicemail. It's at... Um, that is a good reminder, Jonah. Up, they can... We're, uh, you can message us, voicemail us at... Hold up. 256-719-3337. That's 256-719-EFFP. If you've got questions, comments, concerns, anything that you'd like for us to discuss on the podcast, give us a call or send us a text message to 256-719-3337, and we'll get your questions, comments, or concerns on the show. Uh, we'll be back regularly. Like I said, we'll try to even record more often than we have been uh, to make up for lost time. So, Fun time of year, playoffs around the corner, bowl season around the corner, state championships for the high school football around the corner, and then we'll immediately roll into UIL realignment and uh, excitement about next year. So that's all I got. Boys, anything else before we close? I have a random question. What are y'all eating for dinner tonight? <laughs> I don't know. You talking to me? Yeah, you or anybody. Yeah, send us some messages of what you're eating for dinner. Yeah, text, send a text message in. You know what? what? That's a new segment. Random, random questions with Random Jonah. questions. <laughs> yeah, Grace, you want to say anything before we close? I'm going to ask a question. No. I'm going to ask a question at the end of every episode and answer it. All right, dude. Let it, let it, let it die. All right. Grace, anything you want to add? No. No, nothing from Grace. So with that, we will end the episode. Thanks for tuning in. Look for us on Thanksgiving Day with a Cowboys special from EFFP. And until next time, happy football.